So if you had some information that you knew would likely change my life for the better, wouldn't you want to share it with me? Exactly. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Terry Summers Podcast. Well, good morning, my friend, Jeff Mullen, you are back. I didn't scare you away last week. You were kind of scary. You did not scare me away. So. Okay. Well, that's that's kind of like, um, that should be a bumper sticker for me. <laughs> She's kind of scary, but she doesn't scare me away. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, we had a, a nice little morning kind of getting warmed up here, but do you want to just sort of um, recount where we're at uh, together? You, you introduced me to a book, a very <laughs> powerful book. Uh, actually a series of books, but I've landed on the third of the series called The Daily Guide to a Joyful Life, which I think is, uh, we clarified last week, is just a fresher rendition of 40 Days to a Joyful Life by Tommy Newberry. I have put links in the podcast notes as well as in my um, social media on where to go to get the book on Amazon. I think it's like $11.99. So for those of you who are listening, Jeff and I were just saying this morning that um, it is our sincere uh, desire. Jeff Jeff isn't getting paid for this. um, And uh, I'm not getting paid for this. um, And uh, he doesn't get any money kickback from the book that we're recommending. This is really a heart thing that we're in the middle of and uh jeff uh is a person a big presence in my life anyway but the fact that you pass this book along to me uh like somewhat like a a bulldozer of sorts has unearthed a lot of things that um, I might not have otherwise looked at or gotten to had I not come through this way. Does that resonate with you, my friend? Well, that's well, that's really kind of exactly it for me. Um, we all have um, thoughts, ideas, things. I don't know. I don't have the best words. Deep in our hearts and um, our souls that have impacted us and we don't express them well. And it seems like for me, when I read this book, it expressed it for me. It said, hey, Jeff, the way you're thinking about you, the way you're thinking about your spouse, the way you're thinking about your children, friendships, I mean, the way you are thinking um, is not exactly the best way you could be thinking. And that just grabbed a hold of me. And so I started, uh, I thought, this is the smallest book. My my goodness, how could this be that much? But I did. And um, it just started transforming me. And it's transformational. So in other words, uh, I didn't like just go left to right in this book and read it. I'm like, hey, I'm good now. Right. Like, oh, so many business books you read. I'm like, oh, okay. I'll take down these notes. Boom, boom, boom. I'm done. No, this thing is like, read it left or right. Read it left or right. Read it left or right. Over and over and over. Right. And then it is transformational. 
so it's been a it's been a big deal for me it's really it's transformed my way of thinking and i'm not always spot on <laughs> right because i still struggle with it oh my but goodness I, but, yeah. but it's given me those triggers to remember to remind me like oh my gosh yes yes i don't have to think this way right i can choose to think this way about me or others and that kind of thing right you know um I don't remember exactly how it was worded. We shared this um, last week. It, it, it's something like what you give thought to expands. Absolutely. And um, I had, and, and I, I, I love the fact that you say, go back and read and go back and read, because I do think that this is a book that I will continue to go back and read um, and let it just rest in me so if you were listening and you haven't gotten the book yet and you are interested do not feel that because we're discussing uh chapters blah 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 that you have to catch up uh before you can join us no hang with us because if you are like jeff and myself uh in just a basic human level the way that this book resonates i am pretty sure you're going to go back and back and back and maybe flip to a spot you that really challenged you. Jeff and I were just talking about some chapters coming up and we'll get that into a minute in a minute that challenged us. So please don't hesitate in that way. But the, the idea of a thought expanding, let me just say this, it's a bit of a confessional. Um, we're moving on into, before I get too far, we're moving on into chapters two and five, and you and I have kind of, through five, we've kind of highlighted some things today, and we've even agreed upon why we're stopping at five, but um, one of the things that stuck out to me in two that will prompt this confessional is in chapter two, which, um, it, it, you know, I, I was saying this book is kind of like a choo-choo train, like it starts sort of slow, and then it picks up the speed, but um, the concept of, of, of gratitude in um, chapter two is pretty prevalent. But one of the lines that really caught my attention um, is one, gratitude is a choice, uh, but you can't experience gratitude and hostility at the same time. You have to oh. make a choice. Yeah. So, so by using gratitude, you really are saying hostility and all your cousins and kinfolk, you're not, you don't, there's no room for you here. Okay. A, yes. <laughs> <laughs> B, let me just tell you something I did when I got here to this chapter. What? If you ever have a little sticky notes. Yeah. We have, someone gave us these little tiny sticky notes. And I chose to walk around my entire house and say, I, I wrote it down in the sticky notes. Thank you for my bed. Wow. Thank you for this lamp. Thank you for this sink because it brings running water. Thank you for this couch. Thank you. I mean, I, now, I don't want to bore everyone, but I literally walked around our house and stuck these little sticky notes on there and said, thank you. Because if you look up 
online. How many people have air conditioning? Only 25% of the globe. That's it. How many people have a car? Two cars? Two cars, three cars, two cars, and a motorcycle? Oh, your percentage is so far down. So I'm like, you know what? Right. I just needed like a serious reminder to be so grateful. I have a, guess what? We have hot water. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Guess what? The rest of the globe doesn't have hot water. We do. Yeah. I just think we're, I am so, we are North America, so myopic. So we're so focused on ourselves. Oh, yeah. Well, we deserve to have a car and hot water, air conditioning. And well, guess what? I've flown the rest of the globe and they don't have it. Right. So, but it, I would, I guess I would just encourage, it's just a simple practice for people. Yeah, probably like, very eye-opening too. Yeah, grab a sticky note and say, I'm thankful for, you know, when you say a, a lamp, well, guess what? Yeah. A whole lot of people don't have a lamp. Right. We just don't think about it. Anyway, that's kind of, that was my practice inside of this chapter that, I could just kind of realign my, uh, my self, myself just being so I don't have enough. I don't, I need more mm-hmm. person myself, but in reality, oh my gosh, guess what? We have ice in our freezer. Is that freaking awesome? We have ice. I can get ice out of my freezer and put it into a cup uh-huh. and I can put iced, iced tea into it or yeah. tea into it. It makes it iced tea. Guess, Guess what? 80% yeah. of the globe don't have that. There is something so precious about this uh, section in our conversation because the simplicity of it is super powerful. I'm sitting here listening to you go, guess what? Guess what? And it has a, uh, the the thing that strikes me about this part in this chapter and really at the ground level of where he's going, there is something kind of elementary about the idea because we see so much on social media, be grateful. And I caught myself last week posting everything I could share that was about that. And I was even kind of making myself nauseous, but, um, but if it is if gratitude, like they say is occupied, like he says, you cannot experience gratitude and hostility. And I took that to also mean anything kind of related to hostility at the same time. Um, And that I have the power to actually crowd out anything else. And I think that is what you're saying. Those sticky notes everywhere are um, not a little self-help exercise. Those sticky notes are filling up the capacity that could be taken up by things that rob you of everything else. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else. It robs you of every. Thing else yeah and yeah. for me I just i just stuck them up for a while i thought hmm, we're not gonna stick them up there forever because my wife's gonna kill me if i stick them up there forever but just to have them stuck there like oh my gosh right yes 
this is what I have. Right. And it's so much more than, and, and here's the thing. We could say, well, it's less than others. Uh, that's what we're talking about. Right. What we're talking about is it is so much just to have what we have. So I'm thankful for that. Uh, and you, it brings me to uh, my second line there, and I'm going to let you, of course, <laughs> say some things that stuck out to you. But it says, where you place the spotlight in your life is a matter of choice. And that is exactly what you're saying, is that you chose to spotlight the things that you have, the things of gratitude. And then when we do that, there is an automatic feeling of abundance rather than lack. And that shifts everything to, to uh, I know when I feel that feeling of abundance, it's a satisfied feeling, you know, that um, I'm, something's well within me. So I want things to rest on that side of the line. Yeah, truly, whatever we focus on expands. Right. That's just like, it's so simple. And I, I've done it so poorly and I've done it well, but whatever we focus on, it expands. So if we choose to focus on all the crap in our lives, that is what will expand, period. So I'm going to confess something to you um, and to anyone listening. Um, This, I was awakened to a little bit of a check-in from some of my social media posts yesterday. And um, I got a burr up my butt um, on a pet peeve. I don't know if you saw any of them. Um, of, of grammar issues. And uh, to go even further and be even more transparent, um, it was probably directed at some that have been um, pointed at me in other ways. That's as clear as I can, I can say it. Pointed in ha-ha ways, but I happen to feel like, oh, okay, so since there's some room there, Uh, on your part regarding me. Um, But also these happen to truly be pet peeves in poor grammar choices. I posted one. That's unlike me. I am not one and I'm not, I might be a little Pollyanna on, on social media, Um, but it isn't really my go-to and especially not since I've been working on these things in gratitude and and also the ideas of think this and not that. But I did yesterday. Guess what, Jeff? I came up with uh, another one, another pet peeve. And I posted it. Same grammar issues. And then I thought, and then someone in the comments, they got a lot of comments. Oh, really? Oh, and what about this? And then someone said one I'd forgotten about that gets me even more. Guess what, Jeff? I posted it. And then, so all in all, there were four, three posts, four pet peeves. And that was the mark I left on social media yesterday. It grew from one thing. And then this morning I had somebody, (laughs) a good longtime friend say something to me. He goes, you know what my pet peeve is? Others pet peeves. And I was like, okie dokie. But it reeled me back. But in my mind, I thought, you know, that is not where it was a perfect example of giving attention to something, focusing on something 
you know, maybe it is true. Maybe I do have agitation when I, if I hear it over and over again, particularly from folks that might be lofty and they might need to be reminded, you know, um, I think they might need to be reminded. Well, I tried to remind people yesterday and it grew. So I have to confess that that was an example of me giving my attention to something that swelled. And not only did it swell in my mind, I took it to social media and I made the world a better place times three yesterday. Not really. I Answer? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I am the perfect example of that. And I have been asking God, you know what? Will you just help me to shut up? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, yeah, I, I have a propensity for that. I, I, I do mostly believe I'm right. And I most, don't get me wrong. I pretty much am right. But, <laughs> to be clear. Yeah, for clarity. But you know exactly. what? Oh, my gosh. We just, we get, I think we focus on things and things get a lack of clarity. And... I don't want to go off in a different direction. I guess have I, as I've just gotten a little bit older, um, not as old as some people, but as I've gotten a little bit older, um, I've just stopped it. I don't, you know, it's, that's not the point. If I can build an authentic relationship, and I won't even go into this, but I have a friend on Facebook, a guy I have met, and we are black and white. I mean, we are so opposite. But I'm not willing to argue with him. If we, if when, he, when he allows me to have a conversation, we'll have a conversation, but it'll be offline. It'll be on the phone because we're, we're states apart, so we can't really do it. Right. But I'm, you know, life's short. Yeah. Um, and all the more reason to readjust our thinking because it, Absolutely. Gives, it gives back to us in ways that are rewarding and life is short. Yeah. And, uh, so talk, short. give me some of your thoughts. I've rattled off a couple of mine in uh, chapter two and even beyond, but what's sort of some things that stuck out to you that you want to chew on today? Well, I'll tell you what, I'll jump into to chapter three um, because it says hundreds of problems and millions of blessings. And there are, we can all come up with hundreds of problems and we have, you know, challenges in our lives. Um, but he, Tommy talked a little bit about marriage and relationships. And I, uh, having been married now for, it will be this November, 34 years. Whoa. Um, I'm crazy about her. <laughs> Don't ask her about <laughs> me. But I think she's okay with me. Um, but to really, really, really um, to think the 481 principles about others. Yes, um, to my wife, I always want to think about what is good and honorable and pure about her because She's amazing, right? But I can get crabby and whatever. But no, that's not what I want to think about her. I want to think about only the best about her. 
And that changes things because I've watched over the years how people will think the worst about their spouse, about their friends, about their children. Now, I've, I've done my best. Now, I'm not the best parent in the world. We have two daughters, but I've done my best that I know how to do to encourage them. Just tell them not only what I love about them, what I'm proud about them and how I encourage them. Um, and I have friends that I've gathered around me who have, I, I just, I think I may be jumping ahead. Um, and I'm not even going to go into the book, but I've always, we have, Kathy and I have always surrounded ourselves with good people, good couples. There's not one man in my life who has ever spoken anything negative about his wife in front of me. Or I should say this, not a friend. Because if there was a guy, I'd cut him out. You're gone. Because that's, I'm not going to live with that. For me, it's like, I'm only going to speak positive about my wife. Good. You know, all those good things. And so I'm thank, so thankful just for the, the guys in my life that I've surrounded myself with who also look, we all have, we make each other crazy. You can't, I cannot, we can't live with being married with my wife for 34 years. We make each other a little crazy. I make her more crazy than she makes me crazy, but you can't live with someone that long without making each other a little bit crazy, but you also have to think the best of them, right? You've got to think that. And so my goal has always been to find other guys who also do the same thing with their wives, period. And guys who didn't, I literally just cut them. It sounds cold, but I cut them out of my life. I just, I'm not going to spend time with them. Yeah. I'll, I was a pastor. We've talked about that. Yes, I'll sit and talk with them. I'll counsel with them, but I'm not going to hang out with them. I'm not going to spend time with them. I'm all, I only surrounded myself with people who were supporters of their spouse. So I think that's kind of a, a big deal in this chapter. I think it's kind of a big deal in this chapter. I mean, I, I mean, well, I think, off, but you know, I think that um, the, one of the things in this chapter that jumped out to me and it was so powerful across the board is that we have a choice. There's a totally so in the power. So like, let's say, let's just say there was a rocky situation in a friendship or a relationship and where if we take and we add like a sandwich, these principles on top of each other, what we focus on expands and that we also have a choice where to uh, put the spotlight. At, so if we can choose what to highlight and focus on and protect ourselves from the thing from the other options now that's not design uh um uh ignoring truths you know um True, yeah. there might be true things that are challenging but if in fact where we let our minds go expands in our reality and we have a choice to control that 
it, 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 it's like the hot water, cold water. If we're going to turn on hot water, we're going to get scalding hot water. And that's what we're going to get. But if we turn on the cool water, we're going to get cool water. We have a choice. And that was so, I guess I'm a little, I, there's always that part of me that wants to control a situation. I don't know if it's the fear part of me or what, but understanding that I, I am in the driver's seat here, even if a situation might be poor at, you know, in its worst case, um, that I can control so much of how I live inside that situation by focusing on the good and being grateful because then I can't have the hostility and the gratitude going on in my brain at the same time. They can't exist. I mean, isn't that really kind of liberating Jeff to kind of, to take that one. That was the one thing I highlighted a lot of stuff in a lot of chapters, but this was the one thing I circled and put little stars around is when he wrote, we always have a choice. Always. Exactly. So being the guy that I am, take a piece of paper out and make a T-graph. And on the left side, what is everything great about your spouse? And on the right side, what makes you crazy? Or, you know, whatever words you want to use. But there's so much to be grateful for. Yeah. And, yeah. And, that so, would be, and that principle of the exercise you just explained, and he did kind of run through something like that. He gave us that opportunity in the book. If you'll, if you guys get the book, you'll see that there's uh, he, in every chapter, he sort of, um, he does a drill, which is an exercise that is based off of what you just read. And then you can go the extra mile, you know, the little cute little sayings where he challenges you. Um, but that was the fact that we have a choice was just super duper powerful. And I think it's like the basic principle. I keep reminding myself, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'll hit a wall on something. You know, there were some challenges last week that were not hunky dory. And I felt like, like if I chose to focus there, it could take me. And you know what else? Huh? I'm just going to jump in. Okay. And what do we want from them? We want them to do the same thing, right? We want, I want my wife yes. to turn around and say, Jeff can be a pain in the ass. However, here are all the things I love about him. It may be a shorter list than others, but that's what I wanted to, you know, I wanted to believe that. But, but we, we, we want that for each other. I think that to me, that's huge. I know I should be doing this, but boy, I want the same thing from my spouse. And then you can move on from spouses to children. We want to believe in the best of our children, our friendships and all that. Yeah. But I think in that chapter, for me, that's just a huge thing. I think going on to chapter four is a really cool thing because um, this is not perfect for me. Um but it, it has made a huge difference in my life. Um, just that early, early morning success ritual. Like, how do I start my day? Yeah, and that's what chapter four is about. It's 
It's titled the 15 minute miracle. And it, you know, it grabs your attention 15 minutes. I mean, anybody can do anything for 15 minutes, right? Well, you would think so. Um, but I'll tell you what, and I still struggle doing it every morning. Recently, I've struggled doing it. I've just had some challenges with sleep and just that kind of thing. But I've been doing this for years. Like that moment of like, okay, when your eyes are closed and you know you're awake. Yeah. What do you, that's, that's the beginning of the morning for me. Right. And so my eyes are closed. I know I'm asleep. I, but I know I'm awake. I just say, God, thank you for the life you've given me, for the wife I have. Maybe someone out there doesn't have a wife. Okay. For the bed I'm sleeping in, because you have a bed. Okay. Maybe not a bed. Maybe you're sleeping in a sleeping bag. Well, God, thank you for a sleeping bag that I'm sleeping in. Okay. That's where I am. Thank you for air conditioning. Maybe you don't have air conditioning, but I can take you to other parts of the world where people are dying on the streets. Okay, so it's like that whole process of just being thankful. Right. Hey, you know what? I have socks. <laughs> right? And you have some really nice socks. Well, that's true. But I'm just saying, <laughs> we have socks, we have underwear. We have a toothbrush and tooth, and in our country, people will give that to you. So it's like that, you know what, God, as my eyes are still closed, thank you. Then I get out of bed, and then I go through my ritual of what am I going to read? I'm not going to turn on something, something news. So they start feeling crap with my brain, right? Uh, whatever's going on in the yeah. world, and I don't care what channel you choose. They're all just going to fill crap into your brain. So the moment you get up in the morning, you start having all this stress drilled into your... No, no. I'm going to get up. I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to get in the shower. I'm going to, I'm going to I look at scripture for me. You can look at whatever you want to look at that are affirming. It's that, it's, that, it's, it's that 15 minutes, really, of yep. the day. And I think, you know, when I said anybody could do anything for 15 minutes, I, I know that that obviously it's, it's not a breeze, but I mean, when he says it's a 15 minute miracle, uh, just seeing that quarter of an hour kind of draws me to, can, I can do that. I can, I can, I think I can I, do that. I can, right, exactly. I get into an issue though is if I want to be perfect, I feel like I've got to do it every day. But one of the things I underlined in this particular chapter is um, taking it one day at a time. And literally one day at a time is all we have. So I don't have to necessarily worry about how I'm going to handle tomorrow. As I'm creating a habit and being familiar with this powerful word of choice that I have a choice, then I'm going to trust that tomorrow I benefited so well today from my choices in this direction of using those first 15 minutes of my day um, that I will trust I'll do that tomorrow. It took the pressure off of me. I got to say, when, he, when I read, but you can live a joy filled like here's, it's the very first sentence, a joy filled life is the result of joyous decades joyous years, joyous months, 
joyous weeks and joyous days, but you can live a joy-filled life one day at a time. I think that's one of the most powerful, it's not even a paragraph, but I think that's one of the most powerful paragraphs I've read in this whole book. Yeah. Because that's it. Taking it one day at a time. I think the, I think the idea, like what I fear that anyone might uh, hear just if they paused and jumped into this conversation is, oh, well, that's a really, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's sugary sweet what they're talking about or, oh yeah, yeah. Gratitude. But Hey, no, these are, this is a life changing series of simple, but not easy to do principles that change your life. And that 15 minute miracle, as he says, it it really is. But we don't have to, you know, like I, we don't have to struggle, I think, to trying to digest it. He is really breaking it down that this is something we can do one day at a time. And I can sometimes, Jeff, I, I, I have uh, uh, maybe an hour in my, that I can look ahead and other, and then I have to stop because I could get overwhelmed because we all have ebbs and flows in our lives that prove to be challenging. But to tell me, just take it one day at a time. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for the freedom of being able to just take it one day at a time. Give me something, brother, from chapter five. We decided we would go as far as chapter five. Um, because we both agreed that chapters six, seven, and eight, chapters no. six, seven, and eight. I may not be available for those three chapters. Of, pardon me? I may not be available for those three chapters. <laughs> okay. There'll be a guest in on your But no, so we decided today, um, if you're listening, and make sure you tune in next week um, because we're going to really wrestle with them. It's not that it's bad. It's just personally challenging. And we both agreed. So chances are it might be to everybody. But tell me what your thoughts were about chapter five before we close here. Well, I'll tell you what. I think five leads up to the challenges of six, seven, eight. Five, and, and, and I love it. It's just hard. Because five, really, chapter five, talk is its title is uh, that's how God made dogs. It's kind of a funny title, I think. Right. Um, but we we have a proactive way of thinking and a reactive way. Right. And we drive through our lives, walk through our lives, mostly, I think, on a reactive way of thinking. Yeah. So, for example, um, this is why I'm maybe not the best example for this book, but it's changing me. Um, My reactive way is if you drive in front of me, I'm pissed off at you. If you cut me off somewhere, or if you, so there's this, you know, right, reactive way. But how to set up our mindset to be proactive? However, how are we already set up to respond to the craziness 
of our world. That's what this chapter is about. And I think it's just so powerful because it challenges me and it continues to challenge me of, am I already set up for my day? Am I set up for my world right. to be proactive right. with the craziness, whether it's driving or shopping or whatever it is? No, no, no. I'm already set up for that. Now, I can't say I'm always set up for that. Most of the time, yeah, I'm pretty well set up for it. I just am ready. I let people go, give them the grace, do whatever. It's fine because I don't need for me to flip all out right. because they're being X, Y, Z. Right. But I think in that chapter and coming out of the previous chapter, he's saying, look, if you set up your morning with this early morning success ritual, right. then as you get into your day, right. you can be proactive about your mindset. Right. Yeah, there are crazy people out there. There are all kinds of just things, things going to trigger us. There are things that yeah, happen. things are going to happen. You're yeah. right. Things, things happen. Ha yeah, they happen all the time. Right. So we need to be prepared for them right. rather than be kind of wandering through our day. And then we get all pissy about whatever happens. Well, and it can take, it knocks us off track too. So that's energy that, you know, takes a while just to, to, to get the wheels rolling again. So it really is an efficiency. Don't you agree? It's like that time in the morning uh, sets up the day and then having um, uh, even a little preparation just to be thinking about how to live life out without reacting to life, being prepared. It's like bringing your water with you when you go out into the desert, you have something. So it really is addressing what you might perceive and having a plan to do that without having something take you off course. I know I, that's a lot for everybody to listen and take in today. Right. And we weren't trying to cover literally every detail. We were just wanting to go through this with everyone. If you don't have your books, Jeff and I are going to um, take a handful, sometimes more chapters than another over the next three or four weeks and go through this book. And we would just love it to be the uh, banana that we dangle in front of you so that you are carrot actually, so that you could uh, come along with us. And Jeff, I know you're a busy guy, but I got to say thank you from the bottom of my heart um, that you're doing, you're going along with me. I'm a sharer. I love to share. And that's why I wanted to do this with my audience. And you just a great um, conversationalist and someone who's gone before me. And I don't want to take up too much of your time, but do you have any last thoughts before we, before we press stop? Not really. You know what? It's a pleasure to do it with you, my friend. And the reality is we're all on a journey. Right. And this life is not simple. Right. So let's just do it together. And I think that's a big thing. Huge. Hang on so I can give you a good goodbye and we will be back with y'all next week. Hold on, Jeff. People, you know, I just, I, I love uh, to be encouraged and I do take heed like I did with Jeff when he mentioned what he mentioned to me, but I also want to encourage. And if we can all live 
um, our best lives in our head than they happen. And they, um, they bring about, uh, quality. Let's, uh, let's crack open this whole idea of living a joyful life and how what we think can make that happen. Till next week. Bye.